The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, happy holidays, everyone. I hope you're doing well. I'm sure everyone's out there shopping crazy or on the Internet. Um, But welcome to the show. Before we start, I have to send out a special shout-out to my friend and national leader, Yoshiko Dart. And Yoshiko, I know you're saying hi back to me. I bring her up often because this year coming up is the 25th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And her husband, Justin Dart, was so integral into all of this and really is the civil rights legend in history for people with disabilities. So, Yoshiko, hi. Thank you for your ongoing support. You know I'm always with you. And today we have a great guest and an organization that I'm proud to be on the board of directors, which is Volunteers of America of Pennsylvania. And when you hear more about this today from our great new president and CEO, Dr. Melissa Veda, you're really going to see how important leadership is, all the changes that are occurring, and wow, what a background she has. Melissa, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you, Joyce, for the opportunity. Well, it's wonderful to have you on. I reviewed your bio, and oh my goodness, it's so impressive that it would take me forever to go through this uh, because you've done everything, working with colleges, collegiate quality, founder of the Addiction Foundation, which I think was really impressive, and working as an advocate for children in foster care systems and really so much more. Um, And you know, in life, Many people pursue various careers, but then there are certain people that decide, you know what, I want to give back, I want to be a person of change, I want to be an advocate. So what what caused you to go down that path? Well, like many, I believe, um, I chose to become an advocate for those in need because of my own personal experiences in life. Um, I grew up in a family of addiction and abuse. And by the grace of God, I was able to survive and rise above those circumstances. And I believe that everybody can do this, but sometimes we need a helping hand or um, someone to point us in the right direction. And I was fortunate enough to have that. And that's what I want to be able to provide for others. I want to be able to provide them with hope and opportunities to rise above whatever their circumstances are that they may think looks like an obstacle. Um, And again, it was just really, truly based on personal life experiences and the desire to want to give back. Well, you know what? What an awesome person you are because, as we well know, many people go through horrific situations, but not everyone is able to turn that around and give back. So uh, kudos for you on what you've done with your life 
to uh, make a change. And now you are the president and CEO of Volunteers of America Pennsylvania. <coughs> How about if you share with our listeners what the mission is? Sure. Uh, the mission of Volunteers of America of Pennsylvania as a faith-based human services organization, um, we actually offer approximately 29 different programs to foster independence and sustainability for some of our most vulnerable populations, children, the elderly, those with disabilities. Our goal is to empower people to stand on their own and to be able to live quality lives. Um, So that's the mission of our organization. And for those of you listening right now to the show, people with disabilities, you heard one of the things she mentioned, of course, addiction and disability. But Project for Freedom is with Bonnie Rubin is part of Volunteers of America, Pennsylvania. We're really spending time giving back. So our first question from Mary in Maine is Dr. Veda, has this been a hard transition for you moving to this new position? No, it hasn't really been a hard transition. Um, I think a lot of the skills that people have in life can adapt to the nonprofit world, um, can adapt to being advocates for a variety of populations. Um, for me, I, I sort of believe that um, it was ingrained in me for some reason. Uh, I think I was put here on this earth to to put programs in place that help people um, move forward with their lives. So it was actually a pleasure. It was a, a fun transition for me to do, and I feel that I'm in exactly the place where I'm supposed to be at this point in my life. Okay, and another question, Sherry from Kansas. Uh, Dr. Veda, what do you think we can do in the school systems to have more of an emphasis on training in leadership? Mm -hmm. Great question. Um, My doctorate happens to be in in leadership, so I love the question. Um, I think that one of the things that can be infused in education everywhere is the concept of community service. I think that when young people learn to give back, they learn um, to appreciate their community. There's been studies throughout the United States um, where youngsters are um, encouraged to do community service in areas where they live and things like crime and um, graffiti, all of those things change in those particular communities. And I think that that's a form of leadership that we can start at the base level by encouraging our young people to volunteer and um, do community service, whether it's in their own community or beyond. I think that's the fundamental ground level of leadership development. And that's amazing. That's an area that you did that work on. Uh, So I guess that question was right on target. Uh, So, Melissa, how far-reaching is Volunteers of America in Pennsylvania? How, How large is the organization? Well, we are a statewide organization, and we have actual offices located in Pittsburgh, in Harrisburg, and in Allentown. Uh, So we we span the state pretty well. Last year we served over 125,000 Pennsylvania residents and that would have ranged from opportunities in housing or shelters to training and employment, affordable child care, after school programs, and and many more types of programs. But we reached over 125,000 Pennsylvania residents in 2013. Oh, wow, that is tremendous. Um, and what happens uh, if they are in a rural area? How would they find you? 
That's a great question. I mean, in addition to um, the Internet, which is the end-all and be-all to a lot of our communications these days, uh, we have a lot of programs that actually do some outreach. In particular, one of our big outreach programs right now is our veterans program um, that is targeting the homeless um, issues that are in, that veterans are encountering right now. Um, so a lot of our programs do outreach, but also a lot of our programs are connected with agencies all throughout the state, whether it be um, Health and Human Services, the VA, um, the Agency on Aging, all of those organizations help connect people with the resources that we offer. And you know what? You know, if you're listening to the show, and I'm going to ask you right now, I want you to make donations throughout this call to Volunteers of America, Pennsylvania. Um, and what is that website, Melissa? That website is www. VOAPA.org. Okay, so you heard her. I want you to take time to make a donation. You heard what we just talked about. She was talking about the work they do with veterans. May I tell you, right here in Pittsburgh, there are veterans who are homeless. Um, I mean, and so many veterans, because of coming back with post-traumatic stress disorder or traumatic brain injury, unable to gain employment, that every day, every day, 22 veterans commit suicide. Every day. And, you know, when I heard Ted Kennedy give a speech and say that, I thought, oh, he's got to be wrong, and I looked it up. No, he wasn't wrong. But, you know, how can we not help veterans and veterans with disabilities? Here's a way. Here's a way. If you're listening to the show and you're a veteran or you have a husband, spouse, son or daughter or friend, take time. Here's an organization reaching out to do something. You know, you can give up a few Starbucks and make that contribution uh, today. And do we constantly go out different places trying to reach out to veterans? Yes, we have a very active program. We refer to it internally as SSVF, um, that's Serving uh, Safer Veterans Families. And we do a lot of outreach in that program, not only going to shelters, but going to a variety of resources where um, they may be searching for something. Um, we get a lot of referrals through the VA themselves who um, are unable to accommodate the requests that they're getting. But it is a regular process for our case managers in the veterans program. And what a wonderful thing that is. You know, here we are. It's the holiday. It's a time of giving back. You know, I would encourage you, consider making a donation in someone's name in honor or memory of a veteran. Consider doing that because, you know, aren't we always, don't we always have people that we say, I have no idea what to buy them. Well, maybe it's not buying them something. Maybe it's giving. Trust me, that means a lot to people. So we're going to get ready to go to break. Then we'll be back with Dr. Melissa Veda. If you just joined us, this is Joyce Bender, America's Voice on voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. 
At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back everyone. We're talking to Dr. Melissa Veda, who's the CEO of Volunteers of America Pennsylvania. And we have a question for you from West Virginia, from Cindy. And the question is, what do you think we could do to emphasize to our children how important volunteerism is? Boy, I think if I knew the answer to that, I'd be worth my weight in gold. Um, I think that the first thing is to role model it as a parent. Um, you know, children love to emulate their parents when they're young. Um, and I think that if you instill it when they're young, it's going to be something that they grow up with and they begin to learn the value of it. Someday they're going to need something. All of us, you and I, we've all needed something sometimes in our life. And that gives children the opportunity to know that there's something out there that might be able to help them when they're in pain or when they have a problem. So I think it goes both ways, um, but I think one of the key things that adults can do is role model that behavior, make it part of your your child's rearing and part of your family lifestyle. I think that's an excellent answer. I always say when I speak somewhere, you know, when I was the national chair of the board of the National Epilepsy Foundation, I would speak all across the country, and I would often say to parents, remember, there is always a child watching you, always. Mm -hmm. Very true. You know, just as uh, was just stated, they emulate what you do. You're, you are the role model. And if they see, hey, that's part of our being, that's part of our family, that's part of who we are, uh, trust me, that will be replicated. And there isn't anything better for pe- people that are trying to think, what can I do to help my children realize values and, you know, realize it's not just all about me. 
oh, go to a homeless shelter. You'll see such a big difference. And that's why, once again, I would encourage you to get involved with Volunteers of America, Pennsylvania, because there is so much we can do. Now, obviously, there's a national uh, Volunteers of America, and there are chapters across the country. And if you are in another city and you want to get involved, you can go to the website and find out where you should be going uh, or what is the closest you know, location for you. But why I'm focusing on this organization is because, as you all know, I'm headquartered in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and you also know that I make it a point every month to have at least one Pittsburgh business or leader or politician or not-for-profit on the show. And I'm very happy to have Dr. Melissa Veda today. So, Melissa, what how far-reaching we talked about, but with all of that far-reaching throughout Pennsylvania, what are your key programs? Well, as you mentioned, um, we are part of a national organization, and nationally, Volunteers of America is the largest nonprofit provider of affordable housing. So that tends to be the thing that we're known for on a national level. And in Pennsylvania, uh, we provide affordable housing to the elderly, to individuals with specific physical, mental, or emotional needs, and also to veterans. But we have over 29 different programs. Um, In addition to housing, we offer programs like Project for Freedom and Working Order that assist individuals with disabilities to secure job training and employment. Um, We have a women's shelter called Ruth's Place that ensures that women that leave the shelter after their time there go to permanent housing or have a full-time job. Um, Additionally, we have another program called Mana House, which is a long-term shelter that serves homeless teenagers, whether they have come out of the foster care system and timed out and aren't yet prepared for their life beyond that time, or those who um, have been abandoned in some way by their their parents. And they live in a long-term apartment setting, and we help them to develop a sustainable lifestyle through education, budgeting, and employment. And I, I would say that the most important thing in all that we do is that we are constantly measuring and assessing the success of our programs to ensure that what we are doing is indeed making a true difference. And in those programs that I mentioned to you, we have a very high success rate. For example, uh, Ruth's Place, the women that leave the shelter, over 90% of them um, have a job, uh, have the job that they left the shelter with a year later. Over 85% of our veterans that are in our um, Housing First program are in the same house a year later. So not only do we have a wide range of programs based on the specific needs of the communities that we serve, we also take great care in making sure that those programs are indeed doing what we want them to do. Right. Uh, We have a Cindy right here in Pittsburgh uh, wanting to know if you are a victim of sexual assault or abuse in some way and you want a safe place, how would the person reach out to you? I think the first step um, that can be to call our main phone number here in um, the Harrisburg location and we will get you to the right person. Our main number here in Harrisburg is 717 236 one four zero four, and then you would make sure that person is uh, helped and receives the right person to talk to. 
Correct, correct. Yeah, always remember, if you ever are the victim of sexual assault or abuse, don't just take it. You've got to do something. You've got to speak up. Because you know what? It'll just get worse. It'll keep happening. It won't go away. You know, you've got to reach out for help. You really do. Because I know too many people that didn't do that, and it just kept on happening. The other opportunity that is out there is through our website, um, voapa.org. We do have a um, page, a form on the page where you can inquire. We get a lot of inquiries um, for women that have been abused, and we get them because they don't, they're afraid to call or they don't have the opportunity to call. And you can complete that form and you can mention, you know, that this was discussed on, on this radio program and, and that's why you're reaching out through the internet and it will get to the right person as well. So, uh, Melissa, here you are, a new leader coming to uh, uh, Volunteers of America, Pennsylvania. Do you have specific goals that you're going to work on to grow the program in 2015? Yes, we have two pretty significant endeavors that are going to take place in the next couple of months. Um, first, exciting probably for you, is that we are going to be um, replicating our workforce development programs, both Project for Freedom and Working Order, and we are going to first bring them to Harrisburg, and um, then we will look to other cities in the state of Pennsylvania to expand them um, even further. You know, of course, job training and employment for those with disabilities is unbelievably important. Um, Individuals with disabilities are very capable and they desire employment. And not only do these programs actually foster independence for that population, it also helps validate the abilities of that population for employers and for others. Um, So we're really excited about the replication of those two programs. Um, And then the second large project that we're doing is... um, um, a, it's called a scattered site housing project where we are purchasing homes that are in foreclosure or owned by housing authorities in different cities, and we are converting them to affordable, below-market-rate housing <clears throat> for families in need. And our initial um, buy will include 25 individual homes. We're starting with Harrisburg and York and then moving to Pittsburgh with the same project. Um, our goal is to have over 150 homes um, at the end of this project in two years. And again, the purpose is to provide below market rate rents for um, families that have a need. We see this constantly and there are very few options that are safe, sustainable, um, and that you would want to rear a family in. And the end of that project will also include um, the opportunity for veterans that happen to live in those properties. Um, two in each town where we're located will be sold back to the veterans in those um, communities. So it's a, it's a nice um, circle of giving in, in that particular program and that launches um, in January. Wow, that is awesome. And going back to what you said at the beginning, that is fantastic how you're replicating the Pittsburgh Disability Employment Project for Freedom and Working Order. That is really great. So listen, everyone, you know those are programs for people with disabilities, um, and I love them both. And, you know, I know people involved with them both. Bonnie Rubin is awesome. But, you know, providing employment, whether it's through entrepreneurial work, or 
providing people with training and customer support or technical support, you know, it's wonderful. And to hear that we're doing that is just tremendous. And I thank you very much for, for spearheading that. Absolutely. So, you know, I was wondering if you could sort of provide an example of a success story for our listeners as a result of all the work you've done in 2014. I will start with one that is actually from your community in Pittsburgh. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting a young lady who had been paralyzed in a diving accident as a teenager. Um, I believe she was 13 or 14 uh, when the accident happened. So she had, you know, lived a pretty healthy and active childhood. Uh, she played field hockey. She was a swimmer. And then she was paralyzed, um, paralyzed from the neck down. And I, I will say one thing, she certainly has an amazing will. Um, but after college, she really wanted to have a business of her own. And she didn't know where to start. And she wasn't quite sure that it was going to be possible for her to do this. And her desire to own a business led her to um, working order. And she worked closely with working order. And she was able to express her love of fashion and accessorizing through the development of her very own jewelry business, which is functioning today in Pittsburgh. Um, and it's, it's an amazing story about somebody who didn't let a, a tragedy keep her down or hold her back. And these are the types of um, opportunities that are out there f- through these programs to, to lead the way uh, to get people to the resources that they can use in order to build a sustainable lifestyle. Um, so that's one in your, your community, and I'll give a very different one, um, which is from our homeless shelter, our women's homeless shelter in the Wilkes-Barre area. Um, this happens to be a, a young lady who lived in a far part of the state and couldn't find, she was pregnant, she couldn't find a shelter to go to because um, a lot of shelters don't take pregnant women. And she stayed in a very um, unfortunate relationship for far too long. And finally, someone pointed her in the direction of Volunteers of America. And she relocated to the Wilkes-Barre area and had her baby and is employed and is now in her own home. And um, we hear from her regularly, and she's actually volunteering at the shelter. Um, so that, you know, those are two different types of stories, but gives you an idea of um, the, the spectrum of services that we provide. Wow, and what powerful, great examples. Uh, Melissa, what is the website again? www.voapa.org. As you hear these stories, as I said before, over the holiday season, I hope you'll take time to make a donation and to give back. And, you know, just go to that website. Uh, and is there a place right there to make a donation, Melissa? There is. There's a Donate Now button right on the front page. Okay. All right, well, we're going to take a break here, and then we'll be back with Dr. Melissa Veda, the president and CEO of Volunteers of America of Pennsylvania. Don't go away. We'll be right back. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than three million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S. and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com the internet's number one talk station number one talk station voiceamerica.com if you have a question or comment call in toll free at 1-866-472-5788 now please welcome back the host of disability matters here's joy spender and welcome back everyone if you just joined us We've been talking to Dr. Melissa Veda, President and CEO of Volunteers of America, Pennsylvania, which I am very proud to be on the board of. Um, it really is an organization that includes serving people with disabilities. And as you all know, I'm a woman living with epilepsy, and my whole life is a crusade for the employment of people with disabilities. So I just think it is awesome what's going on. And when I was talking to Melissa at the break, I'm going to tell you what I was saying. You know, you hear these heartwarming stories um, that have already been shared and all the things that have been done that are so wonderful. And we sit back and say, isn't that great? Isn't that wonderful? But guess what? Can't do that without resources. You cannot do that without resources. And that is why, you know, give and it shall be given unto you. As a matter of fact, this organization uh, was based on the sort of people from the Salvation Army. Am I right? That's right. Originally, we were, we were one organization. So, my point, it's all about giving back. Um, and I'll tell you, uh, when people go on job interviews today, do you know one of the first questions they ask is, what type of volunteer work have you done? So, um, I'm all about volunteerism. I believe in volunteerism, and that's why I love everything about this organization. So, Obviously, Melissa, look at your background. You have your doctorate. You've done so much, so many things. Um, it's remarkable that you've done all this, especially after telling our listeners how you overcame 
um, you know, difficult situations in your own life. So you must have had a role model that impacted you. Who would that be? Gosh, one of the things I would advise for anyone is to try and seek out mentors. I was um, fortunate enough to have a variety of mentors throughout my life, and they were especially important when I needed a push. Um, But that notwithstanding, one of the things um, that I really, really value a lot is the history that Eleanor Roosevelt um, created in in our world. Um, I would say that she's probably my top-of-mind role model when I think about that question. Um, You know, not only was she one of the longest-serving first ladies, but she changed the role of first ladies from a quiet supporter that kind of stood in the background to a position of influence. And we're very used to seeing first ladies out there today doing significant projects. We saw Hillary Clinton out there. We see Michelle Obama. But Eleanor Roosevelt blazed that trail. And um, what I admire the most about her actually is um, her human rights achievements and the activism um, that she did in the civil rights movement. Um, I believe that she was one of the keys that helped change our world for the better. So Eleanor Roosevelt is definitely one of my role models. Wow, what a great role model, and I agree with you uh, 100% because, as you just said, she was a pioneer, she was a trailblazer with what would happen in the future, not only in our country, but with people in the position of First Lady and really the power that they have, that they wield, and what they can do for others. Do you think, uh, Melissa, in uh, colleges and schools today, do you think they stress mentorship the way you just brought it up? I don't think they stress it enough. Um, In fact, my dissertation was on um, women in leadership, um, specifically college presidents, and the trend that I found was that the successful women, the women that reached the presidential position in colleges, all had mentors, and that was one of the keys to their success. So not only, you know, their professional success, but their personal success as well. Um, So I don't think it's stressed enough, but, um, you know, if people can take lessons from that, um, hopefully they will encourage their young people to have mentors and identify someone. You know, adults love to do it. They're they're pleased by the question. (laughs) And to ask someone if they will be, if they is an honor. Um, So even if you're not getting encouraged to do it by schools or or by your parents, if you're listening as a young person, um, do it on your own. Find somebody that you believe is a good role model and ask them to be a mentor for you. And it does not have to always be the same person. You know, as you heard Melissa say, she's had many mentors, and throughout your life you will meet uh, other people. But I agree, there isn't any way you can learn more about how to overcome instances and just really uh, things about moving up, just as you mentioned about people that moved into positions as the uh, president of various colleges then talking to people, hey, what did you do? What did you have to go through? What advice do you have? And there will be many people that you can go through, go to. Um, were there any other key things, Melissa, that you discovered through your dissertation? 
Interestingly enough, um, the ones that were very successful were, were also people of faith, of some sort of faith um, that they used as a foundation in their life. Um, and I found that to be a, an interesting aspect of their, their success and their personal wealth. Not financial wealth, but their personal wealth. Wow, isn't that something? I believe that. I am a person of faith, and I really do not understand how people can make it without having some type of faith. Um, but that's, that's very interesting. Now let's go back to Volunteers of America for a moment. At this point in time, how, how do you um, receive funds? Is it individuals? Is it from corporations? How does that work? Well, our organization is funded in primarily in three different ways. Um, we do receive some government funding for some of our properties. Um, we have a variety of HUD properties who, which are funded um, through the government. And then we have a lot of local grants that we apply for, um, grants from um, foundations all over the state and beyond. Um, and then the third way, of course, is individual donors. Um, we also have thrift stores throughout the state, um, and the proceeds from the thrift stores do go directly to support our programs, so it makes our thrift store opportunity a little bit different than um, some of the other thrift stores that exist because they're there to um, keep the money in the communities that they serve, so that's really cool. So those are the primary ways that, that our organization is funded, um, but it relies about 60% on contributions from the general population. And that would include corporations, I assume. Corporations making donations. Yes, uh, we have a lot of corporate support from some of the larger companies. Even in, in the Pittsburgh area, there are quite a few that are very supportive of us. Um, sometimes they, they target specific programs, and other times they um, are willing to make contributions to our general operating funds, um, which is very important as well. Okay, so if you're a business person listening to the show now and you're thinking, wow, this is really great, this is a great thing, you can tell your company about it. Uh, I mean, this is, to me, just a great organization because it's not only about volunteering, but it's about giving back to so many different groups, not just one group. You know, you've heard already discussions about people with disabilities, the homeless, veterans, women that have been abused, uh, affordable housing, you know, to do all of that takes a lot of effort, and that is why I believe if you want to improve your community, you have to help those that need help the most. And I think you would agree that there's a larger gap today between those that have and those that do not. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know what? That often accompanies education because in so many of, and I know you're strike zone knowledge in this area, but in so many of the public schools, I remember when I first read Jonathan Kozol's book <laughs> about apartheid in America, talking about the school systems, and wow, uh, shame, of an, shame of the nation. Mm -hmm. I can't believe how so many public schools have like 99% minorities because of the, I call the white flight, you know, right. people moving out into the uh, suburbs and that it's so many mm -hmm. of these schools 
that they don't even have books. You know, there's no preschool, no kindergarten. You know, and then we wonder, of course, why there's such a uh, low graduation rate. But what do you think about that? Well, you're absolutely right, and you know I'll, I, I won't get on my political soapbox, but I will say that if the state of Pennsylvania would address um, how public schools are funded, we might have a different story to tell. I mean, it is no um, no wonder that uh, schools in cities where, as you said, have had the white flight, if they are funded on the tax base, they don't have a whole lot of tax base to support the schools. Um, so it's almost, you know, in my mind, um, when I get really, really radical about this topic, I say it's almost our kind of segregation. We are not um, giving all of our schools the fuel that they need to educate all of our children. And, um, you know, so it's a touchy subject for some, but it's something that I feel pretty strongly about. And education is one of the keys. Um, you know, done well, kids love to learn. They love to learn, especially if you get them at pre-K through fifth grade. It is, you know, it's the time to get their, you know, ignite their spark. And if there would be a way that we could make that a fair opportunity for everyone in Pennsylvania, it, it would solve a lot of our problems. Well, yes, and sadly it isn't because I have uh, people in my neighborhood and I've been to, been to their schools you know, where preschool, kindergarten is just so wonderful. Mm-hmm. But then we have inner schools where there isn't either. And it does right. make a difference. It really does make a difference having that opportunity at the beginning. Um, and I know when I went to Detroit, downtown where I am, oh, everything's fine. My, a friend of mine says, we want to show you the rest of uh, the city, and I'm driving through there. Oh, my goodness, it looked like a war zone. I mean, all these mm-hmm. houses boarded up, falling apart, like miles of it, not just mm-hmm. a little bit. And sure enough, when I said to them, what happened? They said, it's called the white flight. And you mm-hmm. know, um, there isn't anything wrong with moving to a suburb, getting a nice house, uh, but what's wrong is this apartheid in America, or as just was stated, uh, segregation. Because how are you going to contribute if you don't have the same opportunity to learn? Um, and I don't know. You worked with colleges. Do you see a huge difference with community colleges? Um, how about that? Well, a lot of the colleges that I worked with were um, colleges that were sort of the final opportunity for young people. You know, they, they didn't plan on going to college. They either dropped out of high school or they got out of high school and had a job for a while. Um, and I see a huge difference between students that attend college in the, from that environment versus students of privilege that attend, you know, private institutions where it is an expectation from their family. And interestingly enough, the those who find their way to college after having, you know, not done so well at a, at a job after high school or, or not doing well in high school, those who find their way to college after that tend to be much more serious about changing their lives. Um, so it, it's an interesting lesson to learn. Um, one of the other things that I will say about colleges in general is that it is so unaffordable that it's a shame. Um, everyone deserves the opportunity to have a college education, and it is next to impossible for someone to get a quality 
education from a college if they don't have a source of funds. And many of them are walking away from college with fifty, sixty, seventy-five thousand dollars in school loan debt, and they're you know out of the gate they are um, burdened by that. So, you know, another issue with the expenses of college is that, again, you know, it causes that um, continual divide among our populations. Now, community colleges um, are much better at that, and they serve their, their, um, their public schools often with a significant discount for credits. Um, it isn't widely popular in Pennsylvania that community colleges um, are able to migrate to a bachelor degree granting institution. Most of them are just two-year degree institutions. So, you know, that is something else that, that would be of benefit to um, our, our residents in Pennsylvania is if there's an alternative way to get a less expensive, less burdensome um, college education. Yeah, and that's a vicious cycle because then you go to uh, companies and they say, we don't want to hire the person unless they have a college degree. Mm-hmm. So it just, you know, it just creates a bad situation. But, hey, we're all about changing things. That's We've right. been talking to Dr. Melissa Veda, CEO of Volunteers of America, Pennsylvania. We're going to break, and then we'll be right back to close the show. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at Voice America. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S. and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. 
Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back, everyone. We've been talking to Dr. Melissa Veda, the president and CEO of Volunteers of America of Pennsylvania. And you know what? If you've been listening to this show but you didn't get to hear the whole show, remember, it is archived on BenderConsult.com. All of the shows are there. And, you know, um, I just hope you really take time to make that donation. One last time, Melissa, what's the website? www.voapa.org. Voapa.org. Take time, take time. Okay, well, Melissa, let me tell you what, as I said earlier on the show, that anyone that reads your bio will just be so impressed with all the things you've accomplished already in your life. But if you had to say what you consider your greatest accomplishment, what would that be? Well, Joyce, I'm a mom. <laughs> so I, I have to say that my greatest accomplishment is my son. Um, he's, he's a 15-year-old boy, and he is happy, he's polite, he's smart, he's a kind young man, and I couldn't be more proud of him. And, and you know, so I have to say that that's my greatest accomplishment as, as you know, mommy as that sounds. It is absolutely the truth. Um, I could not be more proud of, of my 15-year-old son. Well, you know what? There's anything wrong with that. That's wonderful uh, because, as you well know, there are so many people that do not have a mother that feels the way you do because, as I recall, didn't you do work in foster care? Yes. Yes, I did. Therefore, you see what many children have gone through. Right. Yes. And, you know, here's a question I have. How many of those uh, children end up, after they've gone through all of this, uh, with some type of criminal record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, um, that, is, that is what happens. Um, I, I don't know a percentage, but, you know, my first job out of college was at a juvenile detention center, and these were young, young people. These were kids under 13, if you can imagine, in a juvenile detention center. Um, and many of them, uh, you know, they already had committed a crime before they were 10 years old because it was a way of life in their, on their family, in their neighborhood, or in their gang. And m- most often that is what one of the triggers is that ends up having a child placed in, in foster care if the family is involved with crime or if the child, if the family can't control the child. Um, so many of the ones coming into the foster care system already have had a very difficult life. Um, I'm not saying all of them have, but it, it is often very related. Um, and it's a sad, vicious cycle because by the time they get to be 15 or 16, it's a it's a hard cycle to break because they can earn money in a much more um, a quicker way uh, by doing things illegal than than they feel they can by having a legitimate legitimate job and that's that's what they learn in in that type of lifestyle and it's um it's sad um, and the, the foster care system works very hard to try and um, get children placed in the right right places, but a lot of times they get um, reunified with family, and it may or may not be the best solution all the time. Right. In many, not always, but sometimes those children are also abused, and so then Mm -hmm. you get this circle of 
feeling of not being uh, low self-esteem, you know, no sense of pride, and right. certainly no sense of someone loving them. Right. And I believe that's what leads you to do something, whatever that something is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a way of lashing out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, one Wait, other thing before I let you go. You did wonderful sure. work with addiction. And, and before we end the show, could you talk about that for a minute? Sure. Um, just briefly, you know, I have had a history of addiction in my family, from a couple of family members, and um, I, I have a mother who still has addiction problems, and I'm fully responsible for her. And the problems that we have encountered is the difficulty in getting quality rehabilitation care. There, there are a variety of types of drug and alcohol rehabilitation, and many programs only adopt one aspect of it. So the Addiction Foundation was created to help those who cannot afford quality rehabilitation um, to afford it. So, for example, someone on Medicare and Medicaid um, will only qualify to get 70% coverage in the lowest level of rehabilitation. Well, it's it's proven not to work. Um, so, frankly, it's a waste of time and money and, and effort. Um, and some of the better programs, many of the they're they're cash pay programs. Um, many insurance companies don't cover any of it. Um, so now there's a fundamental problem there in general. But in order to try and get to um, the, the root of the problem, those individuals living with addiction need to have the proper type of care. And I believe that there is a proper type of care. Unfortunately, as you said earlier, it takes money. It takes money to get it. It's not fair and it's not right, but that's the way that it is. And people cannot, um, if they have an addiction problem, they get driven down, beaten down so quickly. You know, if they're at that moment where they're ready to go into rehabilitation, you got to take them when they're ready. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. you know, and so you the said, money is big. No money, no happening. Right. Well, hey, Melissa, before we end the show, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? I think really the most important thing is that, you know, unfortunately there may be a time in your own life when you need help getting back on your feet. Um, You know, we're the type of organization that does that. Volunteers of America of Pennsylvania takes great pride in helping people get back on their feet. We advocate for and we develop programs that help level the playing field so everyone has the opportunity to be independent. And, you know, I realize that not everybody can be an advocate. Not everybody um, can serve those that need a louder voice. But if you can't do it personally, you can support organizations like Volunteers of America of Pennsylvania. Um, and there are other organizations that do similar type of work. Um, but So I encourage you, if you can't get out there and do it on your own, to find an organization that you support and, and please contribute. Yes. Remember... This is Volunteers of America, Pennsylvania, V-O-A-P-A dot org. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Take time. And, you know, we end every show with a quote from someone that has impacted the lives of so many people in America or around the world. And here we are talking about volunteerism and, you know, how you need resources 
to make things happen. So here's our quote for today, and it is from Mother Teresa, who said, to keep a lamp burning, we have to keep putting oil in it. Isn't that true? Thank you so much, Mm -hmm. Melissa, for being with us. Thank you. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to everyone next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management. 